Welcome to the Love, Hope, Adventure podcast, where we talk about the marriage, relationship, intimacy, and marriage, and how you can go deeper with your spouse. And today we're talking with Jay Parker. She is at Hot Holy Humorous. Also, she's one of the sex chat ladies. If you haven't checked out that podcast, you should. And Jay, tell us where else you're blogging. I feel like I've seen you <laughs> blogging other places, and I can't remember the name of those different places. Oh, I don't know where else I've been blogging exactly, but I am on uh, hotholyhumorous.com and you can find most of my stuff there. And I also have a I also have a ministry with Chris Taylor where we have knowing her sexually and that is for husbands. That, that's and the so, one I think. That's is that the one? one? Uh-huh. Okay, that's khsministry.com. I, I wanted yeah. to say KDP and I was like, that can't be it. <laughs> But I do That's right. That's Kindle Amazon. Direct Publishing. Yes. <laughs> Kindle Direct. That's, yeah. what, that's the other one. I'm like, what is it? Purveyors of fine books like, uh, what's ours? The Conversation Starters. And then you have one out there, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you're we didn't on. Want it. Yeah. Go ahead. You're, you're on you one. have some books too, actually. You have a few. I have several books. So I have one actually by the name of my uh, ministry. So Hot, Holy, and Humorous, Sex and Marriage by God's Design. I thought so, yeah. I also have Intimacy Revealed, which is a devotional book for wives and helps them to embrace their sexual identity and intimacy in their marriage. And then I also have Pillow Talk, which is a conversation guide. And Keely, you're the person who told me that, you know, it sounded like it was conversation starters and that you realized it was more and I needed to talk more about that. Right. So that was really very enlightening to, <laughs> that I started really saying, no, it's not just conversation starters. It's okay, like that's a whole, what I thought it was guide on like how you no, it's got it's got much more it's got like scripture it's got like questions you actual specific questions you ask each other but also some guidelines on how you do that it's got some activity takeaways it just it's just yeah, a it's whole, a much more robust very cool resource than just conversation so jay um real quick like when are you planning to like really you know take this thing seriously and do some work and get, <laughs> you know get some content out there i'm just wondering like, you know, I, I've been doing this for 11 years in one wow, form or really? other. So yeah, wow. I started blogging back in late uh, 2010. So that's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, a lot. Keely was saying she sees you all over the place. I see you in one place because I follow your Facebook page. And so oh, that's yeah. where I, that's where I encounter all of your stuff. But I feel like all of those other things you, you funnel through there. So I see whenever y'all have a new podcast out, you, I see it through there and, um, mm-hmm. and the, and the KDP, the, the, <laughs> the K, <laughs> KHS, KHS ministry. I see, I see you, you, you boosting those things over there. So yeah, uh, your, your stuff is in my feed, uh, on the regular. So good things. Good well, things. thanks for following. Yeah. Absolutely. People can follow me there too. So, well, I followed you for probably since the beginning of my blogging. I guess I maybe started 2013 or 2014. And you know, it's really interesting that I've always valued about your blog is you talk to high drive wives. And I did this, um, I did this mops talk once. And I don't know why they keep kept inviting me back, but the first time I spoke, they were like, you, oh, it's wanna... Valentine's or whatever, so why don't you pick the topic? And I'm like, well, obviously, it's Valentine's. I have to talk about sex. Is that okay? And they were like, oh, uh, sure. So I had that that first initial talk, and everybody like started calling me the sex talk lady at my table. Like, oh, wait, you're that sex talk lady. And even the following year, they did. So for whatever reason, Mops invited me back. And I think at that point I had gotten into marriage blogging. Um, initially, I I wasn't. And I remember 
like being really become aware of high drive lives because of you. So in that talk, I was like, and listen, if you're a high drive wife and you're not the person in a marriage where your husband is coming after you all the time and you're putting him off, there are resources for you. And I actually had somebody come up after and tell me like, I am that wife, like in a room of who knows, 60 of us, one person came up to me. Doesn't mean she's the only one that was in that kind of relationship. She was just the only one bold enough to be like, no, that's me. Can you talk to me? So I pointed her to your resources at that time. And the only thing, and I'll be honest, the only thing I really know what to say to wives in that position is you're not alone. And, you know, I think that's where you have such a valuable ministry because you're coming from that, you know, from that type of relationship where you're a high drive spouse and maybe um, you can speak to the wife whose husband isn't. Now, I'm not saying there aren't a lot of high drive wives in a marriage with high drive husbands. I think there are. So don't think that. But I think that the big problem with any marriage is when one spouse wants sex more often than the other, and they're kind of like at this impasse. Hmm. Right. That's so interesting that you say that, because I'm also in the middle of writing another book, which is on higher drive wives. And so that's what I've been working on for a while and in the thick of. And someone asked me if there was any one message that you wanted to get across with this book, what would it be? And I I thought for a while and I thought my biggest message is you're not alone. Hmm. So the fact that you say that is just so important that a lot of higher desire wives have felt alone because so many of the resources or experiences of people around them address where the husband wants sex more than the wife. And so they're speaking to wives in that situation and then And that's great because that's actually, you know, that's totally needed. So I'm not taking anything away from that. That's totally needed. But if you're in that percentage where that's not true for you, not only is it hard for you not to find resources, you're being reminded often that there are husbands out there who are after their wives and you long for that so much. And, um, and I think it's true whether the, the spouse is a husband, whether it's a husband or a wife who's the higher desire, a lot of it is about wanting to be desired by their spouse and be intimate right. with their spouse. Yeah. And so just that feeling of, wait, am I, am I not desirable? Why doesn't my husband want me? Especially when the quote unquote normal is for a husband to want his wife. And so I'm a mm-hmm. bit on a mission to say, you're not abnormal. Like right. it's fairly normal. I, I've i done a lot of looking into the numbers on this, the statistics. Now, some people will go as high as, oh, well, it's 50% of women or it's 40% of women. What I find in the research that I can trust so far is about 15 to 20% of marriages mm-hmm. have a wife who desires sex more than her husband. And it could be that that is the entirety of their marriage or it could be a season. Yeah, I have definitely yeah. had some wives write in to me and tell me that after gaining a lot of weight, post-children, whatever, their husbands have literally told them they're less attracted to them and have less sex with them. You know, obviously you're only getting the one perspective. Who knows what's actually occurring in that relationship? But I've had I've written several posts regarding this because they're like attributing it to one very specific thing. 
So at the very least, that's how they feel, whether or not the husband is actually coming right out and saying that. And maybe some of them actually are. um, Shame on you. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's not what I usually hear. What I usually hear is husbands saying, I don't, the lower drive husbands being like, I don't know why. I find you very attractive. I think you're beautiful. Um, I, I just, it's just not as interested in having sex often. Are you finding, um, you mentioned the, the idea that sometimes it is a lifelong thing and sometimes it's more of a season of life. Do you, do you have any kind of feel or is there anything in the research that says which of those is more common? that, um, that it, it, that the, the drives of both spouses kind of remain the same over, over the long haul, or does it more often than not, they change or do you know it all? I think it's, I think it's more likely to have seasons, especially because, well, aging for one thing for men, I mean, y'all <laughs> yeah. are nowhere near this, nowhere near this, but uh, you know, eventually for men, even men who are very eager to have sex, some of that urgency goes down as you grow mm-hmm. older, as your testosterone decreases. Right. And um, also some men begin to have some erection difficulties. And so a lot of men don't want to do something that they don't feel they can do very well. So they, you know, out of worry and and they may not even be at a conscious level, but they may be kind of avoiding it. Another issue I think is I hear from a lot of couples where he got further into the responsibilities of life. So, you know, Mm. you get to a point, especially men, middle age and older where, okay, I have a household. I have kids to support. I have a job that is taking a lot out of me. I'm now at a, maybe at a management level mm-hmm. and I'm running a lot of things. And so the stress of all of that can have a dampening effect on your sex drive. Now, what about the, the flip side? What about the wives? Are you finding um, similar kinds of like hormonal changes throughout life that can contribute to that and or responsibilities in life? Are shifting and so it can it can be a contributing factor as well yeah it's kind of this weird thing how the the waves happen because a lot of times wives find themselves more interested in having sex as they're hitting middle age because the kids are gone right. yeah it made such a difference i was thinking about and- it because i was asking the question that it's kind yeah. of this inverse relationship yeah <laughs> yeah isn't life funny how it forces us to <laughs> to do this stuff. And people ask me, you know, why, why has this got to be so hard? And I'm like, you know, life's a challenge so that God can help us to grow. I mean that, and ideally when you have these sexual desire differences, it's something that it's a challenge, but it's not an intimacy stopper. Well, I think Hmm. that people always said about sex and I'm like, it's like that with everything. Like, why do we have to keep fighting over the thermostat and uh, what we're going to have for (laughs) supper and whatever? Like nobody likes sits here and goes, why is that got to be so hard? (laughs) That is, and that's actually a really good analogy to this because for the vast majority of my marriage, my husband and I have been on the same page about the thermostat. He gets cold. I get cold. That's funny. I know we did. We for 20 some odd years had no (laughs) arguments over the thermostat. And then I hit menopause (laughs) 
and now you're utterly dying and he is freezing to death. Oh my gosh, what is it in here? It must be a hundred degrees. It's like not. And and so we've uh... I've I've had to be a little uncomfortable and he's had to be a little uncomfortable and and adjust to those kinds of things and and you know, negotiate that with each other. But that's the thing is maybe it goes along swimmingly and, and maybe somebody's listening to this podcast now and thinking, well, we don't have that and, and everything's going to go the same as it's always been. I don't know. Like there are some people that later in life have a challenge that goes the other way. You don't know. Well, and I, I guess, you know, the other thing with aging is that medications can, I guess, affect this as yeah, well. Absolutely. And I know people who are older who have taken medications, I think specifically maybe depression and anxiety medicines that have caused them to struggle with their sex drives like early on, like, you know, 30s yeah, and 20s, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, I, you know, if you have any of those kinds of situations there's almost always another option or another dosage or something that people can pursue. And so if you think that a medication is having an effect on your libido, that's absolutely something to take to your doctor. And the other thing too is birth control. Um, I read a really interesting book about, uh, I think it's like, this is your brain on birth control. It's not, not by a Christian author, but it was all about this. And she wasn't anti-hormonal contraception, but she mm-hmm. was basically pointing out all the research and all the things that we know about how it can impact a yeah. woman and her mood, her viewpoint, and also her libido. Yeah. And so some wives, once they're done with all of the um, having kids in birth control or whatever, the couple, maybe they reach menopause or the couple takes some steps to um, make the birth control permanent, vasectomy, tying tubes or whatever. And so now they don't have that and she's off the hormonal contraception. Right. And for some wives, that means that they kind of discover that their libido is higher than they thought. Hmm. And you know, that's, that's an interesting moment to maybe just sort of pause and say, uh, if you are dealing with some sort of issue in your marriage, let's just say marriage, not even just sex, just some kind of ongoing issue in your marriage. Are you on any kind of medication that could be impacting that? And that's not, I mean, that's not just anti, anti anxiety. Like you said, it could be birth control. I mean, there there's heart medications that can change Uh your overall functioning of your body. Um, you know, maybe take a moment to, to say, is it possible that any of this is being affected by something that one or both of us is taking? Uh, especially if, if it's something that is new, like if, if there's a new problem in your life, your relationship, um, can you, can you pin it to right about the time that you changed up that medication or started that medication or something? Um, and then have a conversation with your doctor about it because, uh, there've been times where, um, you know, I've been completely ignorant of something that was going on that was caused by a medication that I was on at the time. And, right. and, it, you know, I pointed it out to Keely and she was like, well, well, yeah, that's probably the meds. And I was like, oh, you know, and it, like it never even crossed my mind. So, mm-hmm. um, good, good note there that there's so many different things that you're not equating with. I take this pill every morning and therefore I'm fighting with my spouse or therefore I'm not having sex as often, or I feel like I desire it more than I used to or whatever. Um, you're, you may not be correlating those things, but there could be something going on there. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I kind of wanted to, to come back to you. you. You started off talking about uh, you're not alone. And I've noticed that one thing that Keely and I have worked very hard on 
when we're talking about a lot of different areas, whether it's sex or communication or, you know, just emotions or feelings within marriage, we've tried to get away from gendered language because what we found ourselves doing out of habit and out of cultural conditioning and things is we sort of default to the stereotypes or saying, just whatever's like in our own personal marriage or what's in our, yeah, the way, the way we interact. Yeah. And so you would say things like, well, when he wants sex all the time and she doesn't, and we had to go, uh, are we subconsciously or not subconsciously, are we unintentionally making someone feel like they are alone because all they ever hear is us talking about, well, you know, the man is higher drive or the man feels this or the man says this and the woman feels this and says or this. All and, men think that their wives are hot and sexy. And then there's that wife who's like, well, my husband doesn't. Or yeah. And maybe he doesn't verbalize it, you know, and all those kinds of things. So we've, we've tried to get away from that and say things like you'll hear us say the higher drive spouse or the spouse who craves um, physical touch or the spouse who craves communication or, or whatever. We've tried to get away from that to, to try and open it up to, help emphasize that it's not, it's not always the woman. It's not always the man in fill in the blank situation, whatever it is. Yeah. So there's several messages I think that play into this and uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. That sounds great. I think that where the problem often lies, well, for the longest time, most of the resources didn't even mention the situation where the wife wanted sex more than her husband. Exactly. And yeah. then I feel like it's it's an achievement that now a lot of more resources will say, sometimes in you know such and such percent, maybe 15 to 30% of marriages, it's the wife who wants sex more than the husband. But then immediately they go back to talking about everything the other way. Right. Right. And, and that's, that, that's not what I found super art, helpful. That's what I found myself doing is I would say the stereotype and then mm -hmm. I would say, well, and you know, or, or maybe it's the wife, but anyways, back to what we were saying about men, you know, it's just like, we, we whenever, try really hard not to do that. Yeah, now. I felt like even when I was correcting myself, like, like you just said, you know, that someone will say, and by the way, you know, studies show that this also happens to women. And then you go right back into only talking about how it affects men or whatever. Um, and, and again, vice versa. I mean, maybe it's, it's, it's a conversation about how, um, women crave more emotional connection. Well, all right. You know, statistically this, that, or the other thing, but sometimes the guy wants it too. And so we've tried real hard to, to do that. That's another point that I would make is I think a lot of times the way that we have talked about sexuality has kind of done a disservice to men as well, because mm -hmm. it has made it seem like men are so quickly ready to have sex with their wives and even men with higher drives, like there can yeah. be relationship factors, there can be other things. And there are plenty of guys who take a while to warm up, so to speak. Yeah. And it's interesting, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Rosemary Basson, or Basson, I never know how to say her name, the one who came up with the idea of spontaneous versus responsive desire. Right. Oh, no, I didn't so know the name, the but research. I definitely know the concept. We talk about yeah. that all the time now, because... Yeah. Honestly, we'd never heard of it even when we started blogging, but it totally describes our sexual response. Right. Yeah. It's, but it, it was interesting because I've came across an article recently and I'll, I'll send this to you later if you want, but where she really talked about how spontaneous, the word spontaneous helped people to understand what she was talking about. But she said, in a sense, we're all responsive. 
It's mm-hmm. what are we responding to? And she said, also, how quickly does your response happen? Mm. Mm. Right. And yeah. so if your if your response happens very quickly, it can feel spontaneous. But and I think I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but just in case we haven't, do you wanna do you wanna give us like a a, a two sentence what is what are we talking about here? Spontaneous versus uh, uh, oh gosh, responsive, responsive desire. <laughs> yes. So the idea was basically originally there was this uh, sexual cycle that said that you began with a, a desire to have sex, and then you started engaging in sex, and you would have arousal, and then you would uh, reach uh, climax, and then you would have uh, you know the falling off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is not accurate. Someone can look it up. I don't remember the exact words for all those things. There's something about a plateau. I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but the important part we're talking about is that you started with a drive and then you went, then you engaged from that drive and you had arousal. And what Bassan looked at is she said, listen, that's not how it happens, especially for a lot of women, is that for a lot of women, they make a decision to engage, you can make a decision to engage, they start to become aroused and then their libido kicks in. So they are responding to the arousal that's happening. Right. And, uh, but then she said, in a sense, we're all a little bit responsive. It's just that response is happening so quickly for the spontaneous. And oftentimes, as you talk about a spontaneous and a responsive marry each other. (laughs) Very often. Very often. Yes. Yes. And the spontaneous is like, why don't you want it? Like I want it because I love you. And that means that I love you. I have this libido for you. Why don't you want me? And the responsive is like, okay, like, why can't you just accept that I need a little time and I need, you know, some warm up and I need some this and that. Right. I need to get my mind there. Come on, people. Yeah. And, <laughs> or and the responsive thinks there's something wrong with them when right. there's not. Yeah. Right. And that's what I was going to say is uh, especially um, you were mentioning how some of our, our language around sex has done a disservice to men that we we talk about, again, the stereotypes of guys being the higher drive. Um, and even in this even in this context with this this bit of nuance added on, the conversation is going to drift towards, well, guys tend to be more spontaneous. So then when you have someone who well, is they? not, I don't know, I, 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 I don't know. But when you have uh, a guy who is whatever category you want to say, lower drive slash more of a responsive uh, sexual engager, then then they feel like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I? not the way that I'm supposed to be. And it's not uh, one of the things we have to remember with these labels, categories, terms, whatever, is that none of them are right or wrong. None of them are better or worse. It's just the way your brain is wired, the way your hormones are, are working even. And, and it's not necessarily the way that you will always be. There could be, again, these seasons that we're talking about. If we understand that, hey, right now, at this point in my life, I'm more of a sexual responder than a spontaneous engager, then then I can work with that. And I can understand that there are benefits to that, whereas instead of thinking, this is a problem that I need to fix. And that, again, I think goes back to wives, you're not alone if you're, if you're counter to the stereotype that doesn't mean you're broken. That doesn't mean that you're there's something mm-hmm. wrong or bad about you uh, or undesirable about you or whatever. It's just that at this season of your life, this is the way your body is working. Right. 
So the other thing I want to talk when you talked about that of, of uh, just saying not identifying male, female on who's the higher desire. And so I think that's extremely helpful overall. I do think we still need to be able to talk about the different experiences for male and female, because oh, even yeah. the times where somebody tells higher drive wives, we'll just flip the advice. Well, that doesn't I was going to ask you, does work. that really work? Because I, I can't imagine it does. You know, on some things, yes. And on other things, no. Like one of the things that, that has been an eye opener for me is how much that desire to be, um, to be competent for men is just a very strong thing for just for a lot of men. Again, not every man out there, but I'm saying Mm -hmm. it's more likely to be a thing for men to feel like, well, I want to be competent. I want to be able to engage. And so the lower desire husband also can think, well, there's something wrong with me. And then if she, if the higher desire wife pursues and says, Hey, I want to talk about this. A lot of those husbands will shut down because they don't want to talk about an area in which they don't feel competent. They They don't want to engage. They don't want to be reminded. Whereas reaching out, if it's flipped, reaching out to your wife and saying, I want to know what's going on with you. That kind of bid for attention can actually be a good thing when Mm. it's the lower desire wife. So sometimes the vice is not exactly the same. And I think people also just ought to be able to share their own experiences. So when y'all share your experience, you should be able to share that. I get to share mine where, I mean, in my marriage, I have been equally matched to my husband. I have been the lower drive spouse. And uh, for a while now, I've been the higher desire spouse. So we've had it all. I was going to say that that's the other thing is um, we've, we've tried to, to, to get away from the the male female categories where it, where that's not the only thing happening. <laughs> you know, like, like you're saying, yeah. even, even on the example that you gave, even in the example that you gave of like, well, most men like to feel confident and don't want to engage in something are competent and don't want to engage in something that they, that they don't feel competent to do. And then you immediately corrected yourself and said, yeah, I know not every guy. And that's the thing is, is so much, yeah. so many times where we're putting things um, in those, uh, male, female, instead of maybe, instead of maybe, you know, a B like, cause, cause in our relationship, there are many areas where we fit the stereotype, right? I am. And plenty where we don't. (laughs) Yeah. I am the technology guy in the home. She is uh, a a homemaker and a wonderful cook. And, you know, and, and we kind of like, but I am definitely very hot natured. (laughs) And he is cold. Oh, yeah. Which is wow. totally yeah. opposite. Right. No, I, you know what? From you know lot. what I'm discovering? Huh. I'm not. I, I have a zone. <laughs> That's what I'm realizing. Because I don't want to be <laughs> hot either. I don't want to be hot. And I also don't want to be cold. I want to be in my happy zone. <laughs> and you like to live on the fringes of either extreme of my happy zone. But, um, but that's the thing is there are these spots where we very much line up with the, the, the stereotype and the cultural norm and, or, you know, whatever it is. And then there are other areas where we don't, and it's either reversed or, um, it's, it's complicated. It's not like that. And I, and I think again, helping each other to, to understand that. And we have learned to identify those things in each other. We've learned to, to identify not just 
me saying to, you know, to myself, well, Keely is this way, but also having that conversation with her and saying, you know, I've noticed this tendency about you and, and have her go, yeah, more, more often it's the other way around. More often it's Keely saying that to me and I go, that's why I'm the way I am. You know, it, <laughs> it can be so eye opening. And again, uh, getting, you know, not, not to keep coming back to your original point, but for people to hear that and realize, oh, I'm not broken. I'm not yeah. def- deficient or malfunctioning. Um, I'm not alone. I'm, I'm one of these people that's this way instead. Well, let me ask you a question, actually, Austin. Uh, so okay. Keely had said earlier that it, it, you had just about 60 women in the room and one came and boldly asked you and said, it committed to being the higher desire wife. So statistically speaking, there were probably um, maybe 10 women in the room who were or would be at some point anyway. Um, but that doesn't mean that particular room had 10 women. <laughs> it could have two. Right. We could have, again. Um but here's my question. So assuming you have talked to guys throughout your life, have you ever had a man volunteer that he wants sex less than his wife? I think at least one. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to couch it in the, in the context that you asked the question and okay. I would say in the context that you asked the question, no, because that was someone she didn't know or, or, or barely knew. Oh, well, that's true. And, and there's been, I can think of maybe three or four people, maybe three or four guys that I've had any conversation about sex with. Oh, okay. Because outside I feel of, like- Outside of blogging. You know, like 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 an actual conversation, and and I've also not had the uh, speaking opportunities that Keely has in that realm, That's where I haven't point. I haven't gotten up and been you know because if I had done that, if I if I'd sit up in front of a guy a, a group of sixty guys and talked you about this, somebody more. probably would have come up to me. Yeah, that's true. So okay, so that's good. That's a good point. I guess my thinking was that you know when you kind of make little jokes or share things, hey, hey, yeah, gonna get lucky with the wife, or I don't know, you know, I, I hear these things that happen, and and <laughs> right. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm never there when it's just men in the room because I would blow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the thing is, I feel like it's. I feel like men who are lower desire are less likely to speak up and say that. And as hard as it is for a higher desire wife to speak up in a group of women, a group of friends and say, actually, ladies, y'all all talk about your husband's wanting sex all the time. Mine doesn't. Mm. I feel like that likely happens even less with men. And maybe some of it is that y'all don't talk about this at all. Um and so a lot of lower desire be- husbands, I think, feel like they are they may feel even more alone or, right. you know, as alone. So I have a question for you, both of you. I don't know whoever oh, will yeah. answer yeah. it, but sometimes I think that I think men feel a little weird talking about sex with their friends because men are so visual and now they're visualizing their friend's wife being <laughs> sexual. Whereas if I'm talking about sex with a f- female friend, I am not at all thinking whatsoever about her husband being sexual but i feel like men do kind of i don't know should i even say this like 
This is what I hear sometimes from men. Now, my marriage blogger friends that are men, they will like come right out and say whatever. But like if it is a friend whatsoever. I was going to say, I'm probably probably not the best uh, sample uh, (laughs) to to gauge any of this. Keely and I have moved around a lot. Uh, And as a result, I have a handful of friends that I've known for more than five years and I don't live near hardly any of them. Uh, no. I, in fact, I live near one of them. And so, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, you do have to have be at a, a certain point in a relationship to have any of those conversations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, true. you know, um, there, was a, there was a period, there was a period where I was a little more active on the blog. And Keely and I were, were doing a little bit more with Love, Hope, Adventure. And so some, you know that kind of bled over into my, into, into the rest of my life. And people would be like, well, you know, he's one of the sex bloggers. And so we can say this, that, or the other thing. Um, but beyond that, and that was, that was a, that was a brief window, um, okay. in the grand scheme. So yeah, I don't know if I'm the, I don't know if I'm the right guy because I don't have too many of those kind just, of relationships. But I have always wondered that about men discussing fascinating well, the only and, and maybe <laughs> and i don't know if this is gonna end up on the cutting room floor but uh, <laughs> i'm about to We're say but here we, go. we don't do anything <laughs> okay well here it goes anyway <laughs> so i did have a uh, one friend that i uh, that i knew actually told me that her that her husband was uh, hung well oh and i was like right. That was information I did not need to know. I had a reader attend church with. I had a reader send me pictures of her husband to ask me if I thought he was small. And I'm like, why are you sending me? Like, you know, why are you sending me pictures? I didn't look, but I was just like, I I don't, are you trying? I don't understand what this is about, but. Wow. Yeah. There is such a thing as oversharing even yeah. with a sex blogger. Really, I hate too much. <laughs> she really apologized too. She's like, I am so sorry. You know what? You're just a blogger. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what a wow. Yeah. So that's, I, I, I've never, I've never thought about it that way before. Um, well, I do have I wonder, people yeah. like in our family and friends sometimes say, oh, I don't listen to your blog or I don't read your stuff or whatever, because I don't ever want to know what's going on between you two sexually. Yeah, I can understand. So I, I hear that a lot. Um, so that, I've always kind of thought that. Yeah. And and I think I think we've said this maybe, or I may have hinted at this before, but um, we try very hard to mask all of that anyway. So um just you know, yeah, we're a, not like this at, is what we do in the bedroom. Like, welcome right. to our next so episode. So last night, um, <laughs> but and and uh, let me say this: just because we've written about something doesn't mean we did it. Yeah, it, that's a hundred percent true of my blog. Two people, I'm like, if yeah. people think they know what my sex life is like, they don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, they don't. You know, there there are topics on the blog that I remember thinking, why why are we talking about this at all? Well, we've got no experience I get, with it, so but I'm one like, of the actually, things, that's better because then you, you never know. Like, you know. You can well, just this go, is what I tell whatever. people, that I am a trusted resource yeah. that they can come and yep. ask, and I will go find the trusted resource to give them information so they're not on the dark web looking at, well, what does that mean? The <laughs> dark web. Right. You know. <laughs> that's not the dark web. That's just the web. Or the web, whatever. <laughs> they just, just the don't want to get bombarded with a lot of like <laughs> terrible stuff. So I'm just like, come ask me and I know where to get answers where I don't get bombarded exactly. with that either. So. Right. Exactly. Except Good by point. Readings. Well, I was just wondering all that stuff originally because I feel like 
the lower dry's husbands also need to know that they're not alone. And I just wonder right. sometimes if they feel like it's something that they're willing to acknowledge. And so I feel like I'm in a very good place in doing this because okay. I do have a husband who doesn't feel like our, our imbalance where I want it more. He doesn't feel like that has anything to do with his masculinity mm-hmm. or how much he, you know, desires me or what I, he's just, he's not bothered by that. But I, I mean, I also said I have somewhat unusual husband. I uh, fondly call him Spock. So, right, right. He, you know, I mean, so he's not, it's just not the typical situation either for that. Right. He's not super uptight, obviously. Yeah. And everybody's going to handle that differently. I mean, like I, I thought it was interesting um, the way you phrased it earlier, because I wasn't clear if you were saying that your drives reversed or if it was just simply that yours increased at a certain point, because it might like I was I was thinking to myself, if I found myself in that situation, I'm like, that's a you problem or a you issue because I haven't changed. You did. And mm-hmm. so that's not any kind of a reflection on me, but, um, but some people might even take that alone as what's wrong with me or, or, you know, um, yeah, am I, am I deficient or something? And I think yeah. it's, yeah, it's not what it's about. Yeah. So I well, will what, say the other, th- I, I was just going to ask you, could you give very clearly, like, what do you tell women that are in that position? Because like we were saying, we don't think the advice should be 100% the same. But what what do you tell a woman who says, I don't know why he doesn't want to have sex as much as me and he turns me down? Right. Well, one of the things that I think is important is to ask what the rest of your relationship is like. I mean, if... So, you know, if he's showing you... uh, interest in other ways, he's prioritizing you in other ways, Mm -hmm. then it probably is just this specific area. Um, You know, it could be a relational problem. And so if there's more going on, that could be there. I think a lot of it is trying to figure out the reasons for it, because when we understand why, we usually can handle it better. Mm -hmm. It's the not knowing and feeling like it's supposed to be different and I don't know why, and I don't know what to do about it. Hmm. And so trying to figure out why, and so asking those questions, well, are there medications or, you know, is stress really impacting him? Maybe the stress is really impacting him. Maybe we need to discuss that and see if changing that up can help. Um, Another thing that, you know, I also tell the lower desire wives is that a lot of times we feel like the libido has gone down because we don't have the energy by the end of the day anymore to have sex. Right. And if you would get more creative about when to have sex, like, mm-hmm. especially if you have a lower desire husband, his testosterone is going to be highest in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, you know, strike while the iron is hot. Right. And you might find out he has more interest than you thought if you catch him at a better time of day. Oh, yeah. I, um, I tell Austin on a regular basis, I never want sex at midnight. Like, that is not the time for me. Yeah, and, she, you know, because I'm tired. Like, yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of couples. They that's are true. too pooped to party. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's not even about a mismatched drive. It's about just timing. Yeah. Timing. Like, if yeah, you would ask true. me two hours earlier, it'd probably have right. a different outcome. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, I think there's also health. A lot of times men's health can be an issue. I mean, we know 
poor health, poor sleep, uh, obesity, all of these things can have an impact on testosterone. Lack of sunlight has an impact on testosterone. I mean, just all Mm. kinds of things like that. And a lot of people think that that's the first fix. Like they go, well, he doesn't want sex, so we just need to get him some more testosterone. And that's usually not the way to go because there's also some side effects of supplements and that may or may not be the problem. And there may be underlying reasons that you need to tackle for general health anyway. Um, Again, it could be some erectile difficulties, even if it's happened once or twice, you know, it can make him feel, well, anxiety. Is this going to happen again? What does it mean? Uh, Just that worry. And then I mean, we, I guess we have to eventually mention this one pornography, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of men who either are directing their sexual energy toward pornography and self-pleasure or, um, and, or their views of what sex is supposed to look like have been so informed by pornography that engaging with their wife, especially because there's a lot more effort involved Uh, (laughs) in being with a real person. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, I mean, it's a lazier way to go to, to take care of yourself, but it's nowhere near as satisfying, but there may be these expectations, not only of the experience, but also of themselves and why aren't they doing this? And so, and I think that we're probably going to see more higher desire wives and, or at least more uh, lesser drive husbands in younger generations because of that prevalence of pornography. I, you know, let me ask your opinion on this. I also think another thing that could be happening for wives is that as vibrators have become more mainstream and more women uh, have the ability to engage in self-pleasure, I feel like maybe their refractory periods are going to change. Because when you have a wife who's never orgasming or a woman who's never orgasming, I think it is more difficult for her to have that desire. But if she is finding a way to orgasm faster, better, stronger, whatever, through vibrators, I think that it makes her want it more physically. Hmm. That's interesting because we do know that uh, for women, having it more tends to increase your interest. Um, Right. uh, And, you know, because of how a woman engages in sex and with penetration, if you don't have sex somewhat regularly, um, the muscles kind of atrophy a bit and it can can hurt hurt. the next time. (laughs) It can be, you know, not not super painful necessarily, but it can be uncomfortable right. or sore afterward. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, use it or lose it a little bit there. Yeah. I, do I, don't, kinda, I don't think men have the same kind of, I don't think they do, but I do kind of tell women who are saying that they are struggling with their desire. I'm like, well, you just have to schedule to have sex more often. And you might find that the, the more you orgasm or if you're not orgasming, of course, maybe you don't want to have sex. Why? Because your your body isn't craving that release, really. So you have to wait for your mind to crave the emotional intimacy that may be getting met elsewhere. Right. And so I do think that more women will be higher drive the more they they understand and have tools in which to orgasm, whether they're doing it on their own or more couples are willing to bring a vibrator in the bed as a marital assistance now. Yeah. And wives are being able to reach orgasm that weren't before. So, yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings about sex toys. <laughs> I mean, it's really great I that we, we have to. 
marital <laughs> aids because there really are some things, some some places where that can be very helpful and can can deal with with certain things. And if a woman's never experienced orgasm or it's very difficult, then thankfully there's a way mm-hmm. to do this, and her husband can help incorporate that. But right. at the same time, like particularly um, dildo vibrators, I mm-hmm. I get concerned about you know right. what it, what long term impact that has if that is a regular part of intimacy and how that impacts the drives mm-hmm. of both partners. Anyway, that's a kind of an aside. Um, yeah. I think that, I think that a lot of couples do still struggle with that, but I was just thinking about that because they are so much more mainstream. Now you can buy them at Walmart. You can yeah. buy them elsewhere. I, so I, you know, I was in CVS pharmacy and yeah. I saw there was like a whole shelf. Yeah. Like They're with the contraceptives. Them. That's what I was yes. saying. Like, I think it's just so much more mainstream now. So now you are, uh, women are feeling more empowered to do that. Whereas like it used to be like this foregone conclusion that all men masturbate and all this. But if women did that, mm-hmm. that's terrible or gross, or maybe it's not even possible. But now we're like, here it is. Here's what you can use to self-pleasure. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm going to return to a point also that you made at the very beginning on a woman who has had babies and she's gotten, um, she's gained some weight and she feels like she's not attractive to her husband. Now, if he says you're not attractive, dude, what are you thinking? I've had some (laughs) women tell me this. Dude. Okay. But (laughs) if it's something that she's feeling that that's what happened, that um, the most recent chapter I was actually working on or, or section I was working on in the Higher Drive Wife book was about um, how some husbands have difficulty after the kids are born having sex with their wives because in their mind, she's a mom now. Mm. Hmm. And that it's that, you know, we talk a lot about how women can have this difficulty of shifting from mom during the day to lover at night. And there are some husbands who have the same thing mm. who are like, Oh, she's a mom now. And I, and also, or I don't want to take her attention away from the kids or whatever. And so it can seem like his drive drops or maybe he's not attracted to her, but, and it has nothing to do with her gaining the weight. It has to do with his own mindset on mm. trying to put the mom lover roles in the same place in his mind with this one woman. Wow. That's tough. I think the mm. same thing may be true of nursing. Cause I mean, if you're a nursing oh, yeah. mom, you want your husband to leave you alone. Like they hurt. And <laughs> now there's like mm-hmm. these off limits areas of your body, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that can be a contributor to what you were talking about a minute ago that, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, look, like you were saying, these areas now are, fulfilling a different role and right. a different function. Don't look at my right. breast as sexual. They are feeding your kids. <laughs> right. You know? right. And, and you know, he, it's many of these men literally saw the baby come out right. of mm-hmm. the part that he uses for his pleasure. And it's like, right. Oh, okay. I mean, a lot of men think that's cool. Um, um, my husband included who like <laughs> held my hand, but barely cause he was stretched all the way down to see what was happening. <laughs> I told him he should have been a doctor cause he was always fascinated by all the medical procedures, That's so crazy. but, but yeah, but you know, there are some men and it's understandable when you think about it. Okay. Well, that's something you got to process through. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that it's so very complicated. But the one thing that I always tell people, and I don't know if you would say this is true for both man or woman, but if I, if I have a spouse come to me and say, I really want sex, and my spouse is saying no to me about it, I always go, I always tell them to go to that spouse and ask them, start the conversation with, what do we do that helps you feel connected to me? And let them really share that. And then they're sharing, I feel connected to you with this, this, and this. And in through that, they're probably feeling connected to their spouse. And then that mm-hmm. person can go and say, when we have sex, I feel that connection. And I, that is something that makes me feel that. So that feeling you have when we walk down the street or have a cup of coffee or whatever it is, that's how I feel. And I, I think that reframing sex as not just some sort of physical need really helps because now it goes beyond that. I mean, when you think, because I feel like sometimes we reframe sex so much as a physical need, like... Well, so is eating. And there's times when I don't eat because I'm too busy and other stuff is going on and you can deal with that, you know, versus saying, I feel disconnected from you and unloved or whatever because we're not doing this thing. That's a completely different sentiment and emotion. Like, I don't want my husband to feel unloved and not connected to me. If he's hungry, sorry, you know, at some point we'll be able to eat. I hope I'm starving right now. Like always hungry. <laughs> doesn't. So I think that is definitely something I tell uh, spouses that come to me and say that. Do you think that is something that a wife could say to a husband or do you think that's not quite the same sentiment for her? I think that's fantastic advice. That's really good. Um, and I think that... One of the things that makes a difference for a lot of, well, probably higher drive spouses, uh, both men and women, but I tell this to the higher drive wives is, you know, create more of an invitation than an expectation. Um, right. Yeah. You know, people want to be invited into intimacy, not expected to, to deliver, you know, mm-hmm. what they want. And so in my own marriage, I even wrote a post about this, about flipping the switch from initiation to availability and how, and I still do initiate for sure, but there are times where I will basically say, Hey, I'm interested tonight. What do you think? And then he knows, he knows what I want. Mm. And so he has an opportunity to say, yes, I'm game for that. Or if he says, Oh, I don't feel up to it night. And then the other thing to do is rain checks is okay. You know, do you think maybe sometime tomorrow? Yeah, 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 sometime tomorrow, you know, and make a date for when it's going to happen. And then it's not a pressure situation. It's an invitation and I've made myself available. Um, But he can feel like he's also in, you know, involved in, in, he's in that situation. He is responsive, but he's not reacting. He's actually part of the engagement itself. Hmm. And I think that really matters, especially for men, because when you're doing that and you're, then he also can get it in his mind and he could be part of the initiation and feel that, you know, um, I don't know. A lot of men do feel like them being the one to initiate is a little more, you know, their role. And maybe even increases that arousal and helps them with their responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. man, I was going to ask you one other thing and now I can't remember. Oh, 
I was going to make a mention about this. Sometimes I think that in relationships, whether husband or wife, that a wife may try to initiate with her husband and she just sends mixed signals because she doesn't come right out and say, I want sex. So I know that um, I'm a very bold person, but there was a period of time in our marriage where I didn't do well with initiation and I wasn't great at it. And then I would try and like initiate with all the ways you see on television and it was falling <laughs> flat. Like Austin wasn't understanding it, whereas he usually can read into absolutely everything. He wasn't getting my signals sometimes. I had trained myself to not. Right, because he was reading into, into things everything. that wasn't actually happening. Yeah. When they were, it was kind of like, is something happening? Probably not. So, you know, yeah. Um, I had to become very, very vocal and be like, um, can we have sex? You know, like, what, what could that look like later? And we have actually had a couple guests on the podcast that really, I don't know if it's because they've not been married as long as us or something like that, or maybe they're just not as bold. They're like, so how do you like you know, give how, her. How do you go about asking for sex? Like, I just like, asked I said, do you want it. sex? <laughs> and they're like, oh, uh, you know, and then they start like sort of describing some other things they do to like prime the pump for sex or whatever. And do you think that is possibly part of the reason why some women think their husbands are lower drive? They feel like they're getting turned down for sex, but he doesn't even know they're asking for it. Yeah, that could be. And there are also some husbands who had been higher drive earlier and because they got turned down, they tried to shut it down. And then when she's interested and maybe she's planting hints, he, he's not willing to go there. And she's like, well, she's, he's no longer interested. Right. And he just doesn't want to read it wrong and be shot down. So (laughs) So, so that was, that was certainly the the case in our marriage where, um, you know, from the jump, you know, from, from the, you know, the honeymoon on, um, I was like, Hey, you know, all, all the, the, the floodgates are open. Here we go. And, um, and then felt like I was getting a lot of rejection. Sometimes it was, sometimes it wasn't, it was just, you know, lack of enthusiastic agreement or whatever. And, and so, yeah, I kind of trained myself to stop reading into things. And then, like she said, uh, Keely sort of flipped, flipped the switch around a little bit mentally for herself and, and made a decision and then felt like she was getting shot down by me. And it was because yeah. I, and it, and it wasn't even, it wasn't even like me saying no, it was me not responding, me not saying, well, Hey, you know, because I had trained myself by that point. And so sometimes, um, there, there's just a miscommunication. There's a misalignment of expectations, especially if you've been married for any length of time. Because if you've been married for any length of time, you two have worn ruts into each other yeah. that you may not be aware of. <laughs> yep, um, true. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's 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 certain things that we we subconsciously you know train each other slash train ourselves to do, and sometimes you're not aware that your spouse has this habit regarding you. Sometimes you're not aware you have the habit about your spouse, you know, like you might be both blind to it. And, and you have a hard time shifting because I mean, look, I've been married 29 years and uh, there have been moments where my husband reacts that way. And I'm like, why are you doing that? He goes, well, because you, when I do this, you do this, blah, blah. And I'll go, that was 20 years ago. Like (laughs) different people. And so I I feel like we've, I feel like we've started a new thing and he's remembering back stuff that happened way when. And I'm like, well, I mean, to be fair, there was a history, but 
I thought we had turned the page and we, we just hadn't, we were so not on the same Keely and I, Keely and I are, are discovering those moments as well in, in right. every single aspect of our relationship. Absolutely. I mean, the way we mm-hmm. spend money, the way the dishes get done, it's not just about the sex life and it, and it's, you know, there'll be this fight and one or the, one of us will be like, why is this a, why are they reacting that way? And then when we, we have the conversation it's like you said, it's, well, because whenever I do this, you do this. And the person, the accused goes, wait, when have I ever done that? And it's like, it was 2013 <laughs> and let me tell you about it. And it's like, I, I, I've had conversations where Keely has said, I don't do fill in the blank or I do fill in the blank because you want this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she'll say, <laughs> we had a conversation once. Well, and it's, it's like not, you set your spouse on a path. That's what, and that's what I'm saying about we wear ruts in each other. It's not that, and I told Keely the other day, I was very upset about nothing. Okay. I was just in a bad mood <laughs> and I was making statements and all of a sudden Keely responded to one of my statements and I had to stop and take a deep breath. And I looked at her and I said, I am angry right now please do not make life altering decisions based off of the declarations that I'm making out of anger right now, because I didn't want to get five, 10 years <laughs> down the road. And she goes, well, I never buy that brand of bread ever again, because you fought with the bag one time in 2022. And so we've never gone back and it's all this bread from now on. I'm like, I don't even remember that. You know, like I was, I was angry. I had low blood sugar. What are we talking about? So yeah, we can, we can wear these ruts into each other. I like the way you said it. You set your spouse on a path that you don't realize there, there can be, there can be a recurring fight or it could be one real big blowout where, mm-hmm. where a spouse says, that's it. Um, I remember, I remember one time when Keely saved our sex life. I think I've told you about this. Okay. Um, Tell me again. I forget. <laughs> I was admiring her and she said, what? And I was like, nothing. Just, I'm just looking at you. And she goes, it's kind of creepy. And I went, Oh, and I mean, I turned around and I walked out of the room and I was like, I guess I don't look at my wife anymore because I don't want to be a creeper. I mean, literally I, I made that. She had never said this. She had never, this was not a fight we were having. It wasn't a fight at the moment. It's just something she said. And it struck a chord so deep in me that I was like, that's it. I will never find you. Look, when it's shower time, you go into the shower and I'll be out here. And then that's the way it'll work from now on. And she saw the look in my eyes and realized something was wrong. And she grabbed me and I, and I'm serious. Like I was done. I was never going to, I was never going to just look at you ever again because it was creepy and I didn't want to be a creep. And you were like, no, 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 no. Hang on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And seriously, that one moment would have set us on a path for the next 10 years. And you Mm. never would have, you never would have remembered it. If you hadn't seen that look in my face right then, you never would have remembered having made that statement. But, you know. But that's why these conversations too are so important to be able to have in your marriage, whatever's going on. And right. You know, a lot of people just don't feel comfortable in their marriage. (laughs) And, And when they do, they start there's, it's like accusations. Even if you're trying to say it nice, there's like accusations underneath what you're saying instead of a real sense of trying to understand what's going on and saying, look, I, I feel disconnected and I don't, I don't know what's going on. And I know this is uncomfortable, 
but I want us to really be intimate and I want us to have a great marriage. And so we need to be able to talk about this. I don't know what that looks like, but we need to be able to talk about this. And um, I'm having those conversations. And like you said, being upfront, you know, kind, but upfront about what you want. Yeah. So I will, I also will just ask for it. I will say, I mean, we have different ways of initiating around here. So it's not always just, Hey, I want sex, get in the bedroom. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm taking my clothes off. Yes. Would you like yeah. to come in here? There's- I will be, I will be naked in the bed. If you choose to come. Right. When, you, when you hear the bell ring. I remember, I don't remember who wrote this blog post, but I remember reading a blog post probably five, 10 years ago. It's been a long time ago where somebody said something about having, having an actual signal. And so, and they gave all these, well, they gave these different examples. And one of them was like a candle on the wife's side of the bed. And so if the the husband comes in and the candle is lit, that means it's on that night. And then someone, someone had a bell. Someone literally had a bell on one one of the other spouse's side of the bed. And if they rang that bell and, you know, like, and all, and all I can think is 20 years from now, their kids are going to be like, my parents were always ringing bells. Why did mom and dad have the bell? What was the bell? Have you seen the pillowcases that have like, yes, on one side, no on the other? Uh And then you basically turn it like, and then they get in, they see their pillow. Oh, yep. It's yes, I want it. That's right. That's awesome. (laughs) I should have started a company to make those. I might have a lot of money. Right? (laughs) Hey, Um, it's not too late. Not too late. Get on it. True. True. Um, All right. Well, thanks. Um, We want to wrap this up and have you share with us the best way for our audience to follow you. I'll put all this in the show notes. Where do you want people to interact with you at this time? Where's the one-stop shop? Uh, The best place to find me is hotholyhumorous.com. And then you can go there and there's like a, where you can click through to the sex chat for Christian wives podcast Mm -hmm. or the knowing your sexually podcast or my higher desire wife community. So I have a, it's a subscription community, but I do have a resource there for higher desire wives. So you can find other women, not feel alone, trade stories, get practical advice. And, um, and I'm also the place social media wise, the place I'm most at is on that Facebook page. And that is just, uh, I'm trying to remember if it's hot, holy humorous or hot, holy and humorous, but you know what? You put hot, holy well, humorous in the search. It. Yeah. And I you follow find it. Me. You <laughs> find me. So well, thanks, thanks for that, for the opportunity. We just are so excited you came on to talk with us and we can't wait to share it with our audience. So thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks.